Go ahead and have a seat. Today, our text is a very familiar one for many of you. It is the Great Commission text from Matthew chapter 28. Now, the 11, when the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, as I mentioned a few moments ago, we have started a new message series called Made Right. Last week, we talked about having the right spirit, that Holy Spirit that uh, is poured into our life, a spirit of truth, holiness, life, adoption, wisdom, revelation, and glory. That's the, the Holy Spirit that has been given to you so that we can carry out the right mission. That's what we're talking about today, the right mission. Throughout the very beginning of the church until now, the church has had one overriding, overarching mission. That's the Great Commission, to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that Jesus has commanded to us. And we do that here right now at St. Luke's by awakening hearts in every generation to the power of life in Christ. Except sometimes we like to save room for our own missions. Right? The, the own aspirations and dreams that we have for ourselves of building up our own personal kingdoms. Right? To, to think about what your mission in life is, and sometimes that, that shifts and grows. Maybe your mission in life, and if you're in high school, is to get a car. Right? That is, that's the mission. Or maybe a job, or get into the right college, and then the mission is to get the right career, and to build the house and the dreams. Or find that person that you particularly connect with so well that you want to spend forever with them and you want to, to raise a family with them. We can have all of these different missions trying to keep up with one another as we compare what we have with other people and the things that we want more of, the bigger house, the, the bigger car, the, the nicer boat. And we're a, a people in this country that's filled with affluence. And I think we can all challenge ourselves a little bit. I had a, a friend share with me that he, he knows an, an individual that he's been working with who is a, a billionaire who just bought a $24 million home. I can't imagine a $24 million home, but they purchased this. And they said, but it's, it's okay. It's not that lavish or ex extensive because this small room that I've carved out is my prayer room. And it's easy for somebody like me to, to look at and go, Wow, how can you spend $24 million on a home when we have such a huge homeless crisis and an inflated housing costs? But then I think that as I get into the seat of my really nice Mustang, <laughs> and I realize the hypocrisy that I have. But I think all of us can take stock of what God has given to us and wonder if we are using it for his kingdom or for ours. Now, I'm not suggesting that we do like Acts chapter 2 and we sell all that we have so that we can give it to the poor, but there's, there's a balance to be had here. In whose mission are we living out? To ensure that we are living out the right 
mission, right? The father, think about this, the father sent the son on a mission, and then the son sent the Holy Spirit on a mission, and then the triune God sends us on a mission. The father sent his son on a mission to to walk the earth, to be God incarnate, God wrapped up in a human body to walk with us, to engage with us, to know us intimately, to share a ministry of teaching and, and healing. And in the midst of that teaching and the healing, he gives us a small taste of how good life is going to be in the fullness of the kingdom of God, the world put right. But even more than that, his mission was to save and redeem the world, not just teach it and heal it. And by his suffering and death on the cross, he did just that. He proved himself victorious over our sin. And then as he rose again on the third day, he proved proved himself victorious over sin, death, and the power of the devil. That's the mission of Jesus that will be fulfilled one day when he comes back again to judge the living and the dead. And then Jesus, after he ascends, he sends the Holy Spirit on a mission to come and be with us, to be our helper, to be the one who infuses with us his life, his truth, his his holiness, his glory, and empowers us to do this great commission that he has charged us with. Now this triune God gives us this mission. It's the Father's will that all be saved. It's the Son's good news of the gospel, and it's the power of the Holy Spirit that enables all of this to happen, to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that Jesus has commanded to us. And it's not just a job for pastors. It's a job for everyone to go and make disciples. And as soon as you start thinking that, then, then the, darks, the doubts start creeping into your head and you start thinking, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not far enough down this discipling road to begin discipling somebody else. I'm just new at this. I'm getting started. Or maybe I don't know enough scripture. Or if I say something, maybe it'll be the wrong thing and I'll end up offending somebody in today's sensitive culture. The disciples doubted. That kind of gives me some hope. It says that as they were waiting on the mountain in Galilee, Jesus came to them and they worshiped him. This deep sense of profound worship, but some doubted. And that always left me scratching my head until just recently. See, I've always understood this text incorrectly. That in my mind, this great commission, Jesus telling them, to go and make disciples, baptizing, teaching, and I will be with you always was something that he said as his parting words as he ascended into heaven. So don't feel bad if that's what you've always believed, but it's not true. In fact, it, this event occurred, this great commission occurs almost right after the resurrection. Remember, Jesus told Mary as she came to the tomb to see him, he told her, go with the disciples into Galilee. So picture this. Here's a a map for those who need visuals. Jerusalem, Samaria, Galilee. It's about an 80-mile trek. If you're walking 20 miles a day, that's a four-day walk. And they head towards Galilee right away. And so this conversation happens with them. The ascension that happens at the end of Jesus' time on earth, Galilee, Samaria, down to Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives was where he ascended into heaven. So these two different places, different events, different time. 
And so fresh from the resurrection, the disciples, their brains are kind of scrambled right now, wondering what in the world has just happened? What are we going to do next? And so some doubted. So we can give them a little bit of grace this morning. We can give ourselves a little bit of grace this morning. And like the individual who spoke to Jesus, he said, Lord, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. Knowing these doubts, Jesus follows up right away. It says, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And because of that, Jesus, knowing what's in their hearts and minds, he speaks these next words to help ease their doubts and build their confidence. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Whenever I hear all authority, I think back to the fourth commandment, to honor your mother and father, right? And we understand that to mean not just moms and dads, but absolutely everybody whom God has placed in authority over us, we respect and submit to their authority because it belongs ultimately to God. It was his. And Jesus says all authority, all authority. It's not just that Jesus is a authority or an authority. You do that when there's a vowel. Squirrel. Um, He's not just an authority, and he's not even just the highest authority. He is the only authority. The Father has given the Son all the authority and power. And with that authority, Jesus follows up with go make disciples. The greatest voice of authority you have in your life has told you, go make disciples. Now, most of us have bosses, people who oversee us. Maybe it's your spouse. (laughs) And we do what they want to do out of respect for the authority that they have in our life. But the highest authority, the highest mission you have is to make disciples, to go and make disciples. Know that you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Make disciples, teaching and baptizing. So what is a disciple? It's important to talk about that. The literal translation means a student. But in this sense, it means so much more because you can be a student of something and still not be a disciple of something. I am an enormous Kansas State football fan. Many of you already know that. I love Kansas State football. I bleed purple. And and I know so much. I've studied so much about Kansas State football. And it is my dream that some Saturday early morning, Coach Kleinman is going to call up and say, Ty, I can't make it today. Could you coach the team? And I'd be like, I'm on a plane. I'll be there. But I got to be back to church on Sunday morning. That's my hope. I'm hanging on to hope. But see, I, I'm a, a student of Kansas State football. I'm a fan of Kansas State football. I'm a fanatic about Kansas State football. But I can't do the second part of what a disciple does because a disciple also emulates the person that they are learning about. And my 47-year-old body cannot emulate a coach nor a football player. I can't do that. But being a disciple of Jesus means that you love Jesus so much that you cannot get enough of his word. You pour through the pages of your Bible, learning as much as you can about what it means 
to follow Jesus and then you do it. You start acting more like him. You allow the Holy Spirit to make changes in your life that make you shaped more and more into the image of Jesus. You are a student of Jesus who is becoming like Jesus. That is what a disciple is. And regardless of where you are in your current discipleship journey, I guarantee you there is someone behind you that you can help. There is someone behind you that needs your help. And that is the person to whom God has called you to serve. And all of his authority is with you. And you do this to all nations. Now this Greek word for nations is ethnos, which is it's so much more than just a country or a location. It's more expansive than that. It's all-inclusive kinds of language. It's all people everywhere, right? God's plan always was and still is for all people to be saved without exclusion or exception. That's his will. And it's imperative that we share with all, even those and especially those who are not like us, right? All generations, all backgrounds, all lifestyles, all pronouns need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, need to repent and return back to God. All people. There's this exclusive pathway to God, and that's through Jesus Christ, but it's open and shared with the world. From the 11 disciples to us today, we are the church that carries out this mission that will last until the end of the age. The English translation in our text says, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age, which is, it's not a great translation. The better word would be consummation of the age instead of the end. Because, you know, you say the end and it's like, boom, it's over, it's done. But consummation means that something has been completed. Something has been fulfilled. And, and when Jesus spoke those words, it is finished, he didn't stop suffering in that moment. But the work of your salvation was consummated. It came into fruition. It was complete. The consummation, think of it this way, is an architect who who draws out and dreams up a building and then one day has the joy of walking into it, the building itself. It continues, the building continues, but it has been completed. The consummation of this world will be your mission completed. And it's not mission impossible, it's mission incredible. This mission that God has given to you isn't over until it's fully complete. That accomplishment will be empowered by the Holy Spirit, but when we enter into his kingdom, it makes so much more sense when you think of it this way, that it will be completed, the mission will be accomplished, and he looks at you and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we praise you for being a God who has given us not just meaning and value, but purpose. God, fill us with a passion to learn more about you and even more than that, to become more like you. Father, we pray that you would enable us with boldness to go out into this world to all people, not just those who act and look just like us, but all people to share your universal gift of grace, that those who would receive it would repent 
and come to know you, and then come and make more and more disciples for your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' powerful and holy name. Amen.